welcome back to another episode of the Between the Lines podcast. Yesterday was the NBA draft, so we're going to do a little bit of recap, going to talk about some of the NBA free agency that's happened here in the last few days. Let's kick it off. Let's talk about what happened one through five. Who's going to start off today? Um, you can go I'll down. start it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, first of all, just starting off with the first pick, really, um, I, I feel like everybody kind of knew Anthony Edwards was probably going to go first. Um, like And like we were talking about from the jump, you know, the top three was kind of kind of set always. So um, when it came closer, I kind of knew that they were going to take Anthony Edwards. But what was interesting, though, and I'm sure y'all seen it, is how he was talking about his lack of, like, passion for the game. So I feel like that's got to raise a lot of eyes with everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, about the first pick, I, th- I, I, I've been saying that it's been, it's, it's going to be bad if the, if the Timberwolves do not take Anthony Edwards at first, uh, some people disagree with that thinking LaMelo Ball is a better pick. Hell no. I think Edwards is a bit more complete, at least for what the Timberwolves are looking for. But yeah, that raises concerns. Um, his lack of interest for the game is definitely a point. Like every fan is pointing that out right now. Um, but there's just so much. I feel like the first, if we if we focus on uh, the first three picks, I think it were pretty obvious. I think all of us agree that you know once Edwards was out, we knew that Wiseman was going to the Golden State Warriors, and unless a trade was going to come, and then obviously Lamelo Ball for the Hornets is that the I think the fourth pick is where you know the surprises start happening. Yeah, I want I wanted to, yeah I wanted to talk about it. Like Patrick Williams. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he, he was not even a starter in college. Was he at the Seminole? No, he came off the bench. Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, it's, 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 um, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. It's obviously way too soon. And, uh, I mean, the Bulls definitely had their reasons to draft him, but at four, like, you when you have names like, you know, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, uh, Avdia, uh, even Okoro that came right after for the Cavaliers, you know, mm-hmm. those are more established players in college. Those are guys that people expect them to be stars. And then you go for Patrick Williams. Like, even if you aiming for him, wouldn't it be beneficial to trade down on the draft? You know, uh, get something. It's better than nothing. Because I feel like Patrick could have been drafted at, like, the 10th pick or even further, you know? That's my personal opinion on, on the Bulls. I think it's a, it's a huge re, uh, reach to draft him with the fourth pick when there's so many names on the board. And if you really want that guy, just trade down. You know, you're going to end up having him anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a surprise. If you look at a lot of mocks or you look at a lot of different experts, I think most people had Williams anywhere from like 6 to 13 probably is the mm-hmm. range that most people had him going. But back to the Edwards conversation, I think he was the obvious number one just because I don't think Wiseman or Mello really fit in with the pieces that the Timberwolves already had in place considering uh, D'Lo and Cat. You can plug Edwards in there with his athleticism. Um, He didn't always play defense at Georgia, but he has the tools. Um, He's physical. He's long. if he's motivated and he decides, you know, mentally that he wants to play defense, he can be a really good defender. He needs to improve his shooting from the outside. And if he can do that, I think he can be, you know, a perennial all-star in the league. Those are big, like, ifs. Those aren't givens at all. 
But if he can do those things, like I think he can have a great career in the league. So regarding that with him, you know, I I think you know that that potential is there. Um, but I don't. I want to go to two really quick because when that news with Clay came out, um, it had me wondering, you know, because yeah, nobody knew, right? You know, they said mm-hmm. it, um, it looked bad. I, you know, we heard we heard that. He couldn't really put any weight on the on the leg. He, you know, he was running fives in a gym and he couldn't put any weight on the leg and he had to, you know, be carried out of the gym. And I'm like, wait, it seems like, you know, if Clay doesn't go down, it seems like if the Warriors don't trade the pick, the obvious selection is Wiseman. But if Clay goes down and they think it's a serious injury, do they reconsider the possibility of drafting LaMelo here? You know, crossed my mind. But then I'm like, you know what? The Warriors are, you know, they're a smart group of people, the people that run, you know, the general management, the people that are in the draft room. I don't think they'd probably change their draft board, you know, based off one thing that happens. Not a chance. You know, especially related to an injury. Um, Not a chance. And I don't think they wanted to touch LaMelo anyways. But the thought crossed my mind, at least. Um, yes. It could, it yeah, could be interesting, though. But I think the right. reason they probably didn't go for Melo is because the way, like – he has to play is like you want the ball in his hand, you know. Yeah. And I I don't think that like ne- the Golden State Warriors are necessarily looking for that. Though he could he could fit in though. He he would be nah. able to fit in, but mm-hmm. I just don't think that's what they're looking for. And honestly, I think if the the news with Clay happened maybe a day or two earlier, I feel like maybe they'll put some thought into maybe doing something different. I don't know, but. It's hard to pass up Wiseman at, at two right there. So, I think I think even yeah, if, I mean, if, yeah, I think even if sorry, Clay if Clay went down a week before the draft, they wouldn't go for Lamelo. Just because, like, think about it. Uh, you have you have a guy that you know, like, kind of kind of can play the shooting guard position in uh in um Wiggins too. And uh, I'm not saying Wiggins or Melo is better than another, but if you reconsider, like, you have Wiseman for the future now. Like, Clay might be out for a season and come back next season, hopefully. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be the same player or not, but he's still going to be a shooter. So you can end up, like, in two years having Curry, Clay Thompson, Wiggins, and Wiseman in the same lineup. You know, that's that's why. And now Kelly Uber that, that's coming mm-hmm. to the Warriors, too. So, I mean, it's not worth to draft LaMelo and then have, like, four guards in your team uh, just because Clay went down. I think Wiseman is the safest choice because the Warriors have been lacking a good center for, I'd say, five years now, right? Like, since JaVale McGee and... Um, and well, really, uh, since Bogut. Bogut, honestly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ever since Bogut, they've been lacking a good center. And Wiseman can be uh MB type of player. If I'm, if I'm, if if I'm. Oh correct. no! Fuck out of here, man! With that. I think so. I think Wiseman so. has so. so Wiseman has so far to go before you ever toss him in a category <laughs> with Joel Embiid. I'm saying he, he can be. I don't think they got the same kind of. Nah. nah. I think his offensive game is so underdeveloped, man. He's just a rim runner right now at this point. Like he has great wingspan. Like He's 240 pounds, seven one. But he's he's just not developed at all, and hopefully the Warriors can develop him. But it's like you said, Diago. At this point in time, all the Warriors really need is his size, his athleticism, and you know a little bit of pick and roll action. But to be honest, he can't pass well for a big at all right now. He has a lot of growing to do, and the Warriors are hoping that he'll be able to do those things, you know. And hopefully, he can learn quickly. But 
I you know, and he a lot about him. He he's got a lot. He's got a lot of going to do. He does, but he's in the right place. He's in a team that really needs a he's center. A, like yeah. they've been desperately getting these centers that have been considered buzz. Like Willie Cauley Stein. They got uh, who's that guy from the Phoenix Suns that they got too? And they was actually looking good this year. I forgot his name. Uh, whatever. You know what I mean? They, they they've been getting like these centers like out of. Uh, nowhere and you know trying to win something with them i think i think wiseman is the right fit right now and uh but i mean Brad, plays down also, but too, yeah also the the season starts next month yeah. i don't think they're gonna have him completely ready to go oh of course I mean, not yeah but it's better than the guy, the guy than... played three games of college basketball right you know <laughs> yeah uh, who played in his like, place? Oh, the guy who played in his place got drafted by the Heat, if I'm correct. Yeah, uh, the guy with the interesting name, Precious. Precious. Uh, yeah, uh, Precious. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, his before brother has more of an interesting name. His brother's name's God's Gift. What a great name that is. <laughs> um, before we but, move um, on, real let's quick, talk... yeah, let me ahead. let me just mention number three right quick though, just because he's in Charlotte. I just I was I, gonna say I, I was gonna say can we please talk about Lamelo because that's where I was going. Oh yeah, I right, bet it, bet it. We're on the same page. Yeah. Nah, first of all, it's it's so interesting. So I think uh, ticket sales interest completely went up in Charlotte, which is oh, crazy. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's the Lamelo ball effect. Um, but yeah. I just I'm ready to see like what's gonna happen with that. Hey, we could kick Scary Terry out finally. I don't even want to see that boy on there. I think he's going to stay. I mean, one of them has to go. I mean, you have Devontae Graham, Scary Terry, and the Mello. I mean, one of them's re- getting relegated to the bench, or one of Graham or um, Rogier. Terry, it's obviously Rogier. Terry's coming Terry. off the bench, and I think he might he yeah. might take a role there off the bench. That's what he's good at. He can play that's the two. That's what he was one. Nah, I see Graham playing the two, Lamelo playing at one, Rogier coming off the bench. That's what Rogier has been doing, like. On his best years with the Celtics, so yeah, Rozier came off the bench with the Celtics, and that's when he was at his best. That's what he does best. He plays against second teams. That's what he does. He's not a starter. Well, I would. So yeah, of course you're right. The interest in Charlotte's probably at an all-time high. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about Lamelo's ceiling and Mm -hmm. his floor. Uh, Let's talk about his strengths and weaknesses. So what what do you guys see in Lamelo's game that you guys like and that you don't like? I mean, uh, off jump, his weakness is defense, uh, and he plays like similar to how I I wouldn't, I wouldn't say similar, but like defensive minded. That's how I play. I don't play defense, so it, it seems like he's probably gonna be you know on the weaker end of playing defense. Wow. Um, but I mean, playmaking abilities like he's definitely got that. And I'm kind of curious to see how his jump shot is going to translate to NBA 3. And I know he's already played pro, so I, I feel like there's not going to be, like, too much of a gap. But once again, the the league is, you know, kind of different from playing in Australia. So What I'm hoping not to see, it's a Lonzo ball in his rookie year. You all remember Lonzo on his first few games as a Laker? He threw the ball way too much. Like, he was shooting way too much and missing way too much. And people were already, like, going crazy on him because he was just, you know, shooting three after three. It was not lo- not looking good for him. So what I hope for Lamelo is for him not to get that cocky so fast. You know, because I, I see that happening. I see that happening because Lamelo is a cocky player. 
I can show that before. Like everywhere he played, you know, he likes the the attention and all confident. that. So he is. Yeah, but I, mean, he... I don't. Good luck telling that kid not to be cocky, dude. It's, yeah. it's already. That's no, I know. Uh... <laughs> well, we all know how that went for Lonzo Ball in his first year as a Laker. You know, he, he threw the ball way too much. He was trying to do way too much for the type of player that he was. So if Lamelo knows his role and stays in his lane and, you know, take the shots that he should take and all that, I think he should do fine. I think his ceiling is huge. Like, dude can be a really good player. He can be way better than Alonzo, but I think it's going to depend a little bit on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts just right out the box is he's easily the best playmaker in the draft. He's got the greatest handle in the draft. Um, for his position, he has great size. Um, concerning his shot, I have a lot of worries. Um, you look at his percentages at the free throw line and from beyond the three-point line um, in Australia, shot really poor percentages. You look at um, his base. You just look at how he shot the ball. You look at like his feet positioning, kind of – you know, some of the issues Lonzo Ball had just fundamentally with his shot. There's some of those weird tinkering issues that um, LaMelo has too. And he's probably going to have to, you know, get with the shooting coach and have to work some kinks out too along the way here. But um, you see when LaMelo gets in the lane, he does have nice touch when it comes to, you know, finishing around the basket. And he has a nice floater game too. So like people around the NBA will tell you that that provides, you know, nice hope for somebody and thinking that if you have nice touch that um, it's possible that you can correct your shot from the outside. So hopefully he can figure those things out. But as of right now, I am concerned about his shot because it looks kind of funky and he shot it pretty poorly from what I've seen so far. It's exactly like I um, told you. It can be another Lonzo ball or he can be better. It depends on the way he's playing. I think he will be better than his brother, though. I I feel that pr- I feel pretty strongly about that. He's not going to be a better defender than his brother, but I think no, um, I think that his impact in the league will be better than his brother. Speaking of which, I'm not saying Lonzo is a bad player at all for whoever thinks I'm, I'm not saying either. that. Lonzo is a great player. I'm just saying the way he started. I, I perfectly remember when he started and the NBA and it's his first game in the summer league. That was wild. That was crazy. People were grinding on him because he kept shooting break after break, and it was, it was just, it was just not good to see. Uh, <laughs> it was. Just I mean, not but a good the thing funny thing, if you think about it, though, Lamelo's not Lamelo's entering a similar situation that Lonzo did. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you no, look at is. the talent that's in Charlotte. It's it's yeah. eerily similar to the talent that was on that Lakers team when Lonzo came there. There's not much in Charlotte. You know, Charlotte, say what you want about Charlotte, but that team was pretty fucking shitty last year. And they competed every single night. You know, they didn't win a lot of games, but they played pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, you like to bring that one up every time. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, though. It'll be interesting for sure. But, um, yeah, right. should we talk about players? Um, we've kind of talked about one through three here. Should we now talk about players just in the first round selections that we, we I, liked? We I got a, a second round selection that I'm going to talk later. Um, we're not going to spoil it now, but I think it's going to be the still of the draft. Anyways, uh, yeah, on the first round, 
on the first round, uh, obviously, I like the Miami Heat pick. I think uh, dude is a competitor, obviously. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, I like that one, too. But other than that, uh, Obi Topin, man, that's that's what I wanted to focus. Uh, dude is playing at home. He he wants to be a Nick, and uh, it's surprising that he didn't go. He got he didn't get selected earlier, in my opinion. I think dude is pretty complete for. I mean, he's older too, so. Well, but, I'm kind of uh, curious though. Um, yeah. Don't the Knicks need a guard? Yeah, they badly. do. But yeah. you cannot skip. You cannot pass on Obi Topin. If you're the Knicks and the you're there, you can. Exactly. But um, I liked, I liked, I liked the Knicks pick of Obi Topin. I did. Yeah, and they also got uh, that Argentina, uh, Argentina guy that from Barcelona, yeah. which is which is not Bolsonaro. bad. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he play Bolmaro. Bolsonaro is the president. Bolmaro. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bolmaro from Argentina. Um, yeah, he's not a guard too. And I know that they cut their ties with Alfred Payton, so I mm. guess they they're just gonna try to get someone on free agency or something. But either ways, yeah, Obi Toppin wanting to play in New York is a big deal. Yeah, I feel like not a lot of players well, who got draw could be drafted would want to play in the Knicks. You know, for the Knicks situation and what they've been doing with players. I feel like uh, other player than not Obi Topin that was born and raised in New York would want to play for them. Dude seems very happy by his draft, so I guess that's halfway done. Um, for me, that's one of the best picks. That and Cole Anthony for the Orlando Magic. I think those two picks, they were really key for the teams that they're going to play for. Yeah, I like um, the Cole Anthony one. I like that pick. Yeah, I think he's going to play shooting like guard mostly. Too. Uh, because or is he gonna share uh, sna- uh, snaps? No, uh, game time with uh, Markel Fultz because I feel Markel Fultz still has something to do in uh, in Orlando. I still, I still believe in him, but he can play the shooting guard, and then you put Cole Anthony at, at point guard. Um, yeah, he'll come off the bench. I don't think Cole Anthony will start, but it's still a good pick for them. It is a really good pick. Um, and then uh, um, let me chime wanna... in real quickly here. Um, so the concern with Obi Toppin is, A, was, you mentioned his age. Yeah, that was a part of it. He's 22. He turns 23 in March. Um, and then defensively, um, he was a little bit of a liability um, at Dayton. And that was a big concern regarding him um, leading up to the draft. But looking at the fact that he's now on the Knicks, I think he really is a player that could pair up nicely at the four position next to Mitchell Robinson, who will be playing the five for the foreseeable future with the Knicks. Um, but you raised a good question, Tiago. Who's going to be playing the point guard for the Knicks? Because that R.J. Barrett experiment at the point guard, that shit's not working, man. Oh, R.J. No. Barrett is not a point guard in the NBA, and they tried to do that for a little bit last year. And I get that they tried to do that a little bit because they really had nobody else. The Dennis Smith Jr. thing really hasn't worked. He can't shoot the ball from the outside at all, which is a problem. But, um, I yeah, I like Obi Toppin a lot. But just defensively, those are the only concerns. And then regarding Cole Anthony, I think you guys are right. He probably doesn't start right away. But I think eventually he will uh, be the starting point in Orlando. He doesn't have the size to play shooting guard. He's 6'3". He just – you can't. It's really difficult yeah. to play shooting guard in the NBA at 6'3". Um, and regarding Markel Fultz, Markel Fultz, uh, no. I don't see it, dude. I'm not I'm not buying stock in Markel Fultz as being the starting point guard in Orlando for the next few years. Um, 
dude, that jump shot is just not fixed. He just is not comfortable shooting beyond 16 feet. And you see him shoot three pointers and yeah, like he'll make one every once in a while, but still, you still see defensively teams. They dare him to shoot it every single time. And it's, it's a problem. I just don't see how Orlando can move forward with him at the point guard position. It just doesn't make sense to me. I do believe in him. Yeah. I just disagree with you 1000%, but you're entitled (laughs) to your opinion. (laughs) All right. uh, Let me jump in here too. Um, Talking about Philly, so I thought uh, the Tyrese Maxey, it was it was a cool pick, but and and I know they got Danny Green. I'm just like Philly is just one of these teams I'm just like never sold on, you know? Like I just mm-hmm. I just wasn't like like I understand Danny Green may be a good player, decent player, whatever. He happens to be on winning teams always, but Philly dude, did need like, shooting though. They needed yeah. shooting badly. And I, know I wouldn't Danny say Green Tyrese Maxey is the, so. yeah, but I wouldn't say Tyrese Maxey is the answer either. So that's that's just kind of interesting. He can score the ball though. He scored at Kentucky. Yeah, he, he scored, but as far as like the shooters they're looking for, I guess Danny Green kind of covered that. But it's, it's Philly, man. I'm just I'm just never sold on Philly. Never. Yeah, me neither. I don't see. I don't see the 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 Eagles. God damn, it's the same shit. <laughs> Both Philly teams. I don't see the 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 Sixers doing anything this year again, man. It's just a fucking shit show. They just sold. They just traded Josh Richardson. I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Or like, okay, like you need shooters and you get Danny I mean, Green. I mean, they had to do something, Holy though, man. Crap. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't run it back with those same guys. After no. all the shit that went down, they couldn't run it back with that same team. They had to they had to make some slight tinkers here and there. Like, yeah, I get maybe, it. maybe you guys are right and like the changes that they made are like insignificant and and this season will still be a shit show, but like in good faith to the fans and the you know, the rest of the players on the team, they At had to do something. Try. I just feel bad for Jay Rich, man. Dude is a baller. Like, he has the attitude. I miss him on the Miami Heat, to be honest. Dude has the attitude of a basketball player. Like, he wants to play. He puts everything on the court every single night he plays. And dude is just humble like that. And then you go and trade him and a couple of other stuff for Seth Curry. I mean, I get it. You need shooters. Seth Curry is a great three-point shooter. And uh, fine. I just feel bad for Jay Rich. If you guys like, if you 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 see him getting traded just like that, you no know, a guy that hustles that much. I hope he has success in, in Dallas. Honestly, hey, I do. Why do you feel? Why do you feel bad for him? <laughs> I don't feel I bad just, for him. He's no, a good team. He is. I just, I, you know, when you see a player getting traded like that, I know. I I saw a couple of comments on that trade, and I saw you know a couple of people talking about that trade, and all they talk about it, like Seth Curry, Seth Curry, Seth Curry. I'm like, damn, y'all forget like Jay Rich is a legit player, like. On two years ago, when D Wade was playing his last season for us, and we got a lot of injuries on the Miami Heat, he was one of the main pieces that almost got us to the playoffs. People forget that so quickly. I remember that perfectly. Dude was averaging what fifteen points a game, and he was balling every single day. Like he was, he yeah. was, yeah, he was playing like crazy. People forget that so <clears throat> yeah, quickly. No, I don't. I totally hear you, but it's strictly just based off of need. Philly needed shooters, and Dallas needed wing defenders, so it was just it was just a simple exchange. Just worked. Yeah. Um, uh, but I have a pick that I like. Some people might think it's a little bit of a reach, but um, I really liked Cleveland's pick at five of Isaac oh, yeah. Okoro, the winger out of Auburn. Man, 
Um, I completely agree. So this guy is a great athletic defensive wing from Auburn. Um, he can defend. One of the best defenders in the draft. Um, the knock on him coming out was that he struggles shooting the ball from the outside. Um, that's what he needs to develop in the NBA to really, you know, take his game to the next level. Um, I would like to bring up a player named Kawhi Leonard who shot 25% from the three-point line in college. You know, there are players who slowly develop, you know, mm-hmm. more slower than others. I'm not saying Okoro is going to be anything like Leonard, but I just like his frame. I like his potential, and I think – with the pieces that Cleveland has, you look at Garland and you look at Sexton, those are small guards and they're not great defenders. Cleveland really needed an athletic three that could guard the three and four position. Kevin Love's really not a great defender either. And I think Okoro just provides them a lot of versatility. And the added addition is if his offensive game does develop, you have a really great player there. I got a question for you though. You see like their, their lineup right now, Cleveland is playing with these young guys. Um, in the starting lineup. And I see a little bit of confusion here because you got Garland at one, Sexton at two, and then Kevin Porter was playing at three. So, you know, who's going to be it? Who's going to take the three, Kevin Porter or Okoro? You know, personally, I like Kevin Porter Jr. And I think he's a great player. Like, he he is putting numbers for Cleveland. And he can play the two also, but I don't see him taking Sexton's spot. But what do you think? Like, how do you think it's going to look, the the starting lineup? Because... Yeah, but who's coming yeah, off I've, the bench? Okoro. He just got drafted. He's not gonna be he's not gonna start over Kevin Porter immediately. Yeah, I mean I I think you know you, still have depends, you know, this is this is an it's an interesting season, right? Because, you know, there's not really any summer league. We're just going guns blazing and starting here on December twenty second. So I would have no problem if if Porter got the nod at the beginning of the season um, and if Porter's play, you know, remain consistent and he's getting the job done uh, and you give Okoro spells and he's coming in and he's playing solid defense, um, you know, that's fine at first. You just want to make sure you're giving Okoro, you know, his opportunity to develop and you need to give him shots. You need to give him game opportunities where, you know, he, you know, has an opportunity to, you know, get offense because the only way to develop your offense in the NBA is to do offense. So yeah, that's how I see it. But I like Porter Jr. But the thing with Cleveland is they don't have enough defense and Okora provides that. And I think eventually he will be a starter. And if that means moving Porter Jr. out of the lineup, then so be it. Well, I just need y'all to remember too that the starting five is not going to play the whole game, especially in Cleveland. So Okora is definitely not. It's time to shine. No, and I agree. Yeah. Like probably by midseason, there may be like some lineup switches, but he's gonna he's gonna have his time, just like many other rookies will. I was just thinking, you know, like moving forward, that might be a little bit of a mess, but uh, whatever. Uh, they still have. Time. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I was just more answering your question from the perspective of like, like a year from now, who's in the starting five? Okoro, like Okoro, is their starting. The Okoros are starting winger, you know, for the next eight years is the Cavs' hope, you know. So mm-hmm. that's that's why they drafted him. But um, it doesn't necessarily matter three months from now if he is. But uh, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, one last pick I'd like to mention from the first round that I still haven't talked about, no one about that, is RJ Hampton. 
That was my next uh, one I was going to mention. So I'm with you. I like him. I really like RJ Hampton. Uh, not going to lie. And I think, like, I mean, he got drafted at 24. Do you guys think, like, he, you guys, what do you guys He went to a great here? spot. He went to a great spot for him, too. It is. It's a it perfect is. situation. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the nuggets, they, they're right? going to contend. Nah, Nuggets, buddy. Yeah. No, he's uh he's at the Nuggets? Oh yeah. he is. My bad. The Bucks bad. owned the pick and then went to the Nuggets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was watching it wrong. Yeah, he went to the Nuggets and he's in the right spot. Yeah, he has time to develop and we all know what the Nuggets do with this. They draft oh, yeah. this, you know, like that's they a, made mobile work. Team. Yeah. Yeah, they made mobile work. They made um Porter work, so definitely, yeah. I think he's gonna have a. I think he's in a good spot to to kind of develop his game even more, and then um you have you have Murray there too, kind of kind of taking the reins right there, um as far as like guard play goes, um so he'll definitely have mm-hmm. time to to develop a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, go ahead. I mean, the ahead. thing with Hampton is he kind of bet on himself a little bit, right? you know, taking an orthodox route of, you know, going to Australia and not doing the college thing. Um, his numbers in Australia weren't too great. So that's why you saw a little bit of a slide. I mean, before when he was coming out of high school, you know, he was a projected lottery pick, you know, before, you know, when he was in the AA in the AAU circuit. But um, the knock before coming to the draft was that, his shooting touch wasn't great, and they worry they were worried about his uh, shooting from the outside, and also his ability to put the ball on the floor. But um, in Denver, he's not gonna have to do that that much, you know. Like he he's a guy that can play off the ball there because Murray can handle most of that. He could put the ball on the floor one, two, or three times. But his athleticism is crazy, you know. He can get to the basket and one, two dribbles and just elevate. So I think he's in a perfect spot and. Like with all those other players, because there's already an established three there. It seems like Porter Jr. is like going to step up and be that guy next year. So if you have mm-hmm. Murray, uh, Jokic, and Porter Jr., and if Hampton develops into a fourth, um, that's crazy. And then also think too, like if he does develop, and like you have another pick or another player develops, you can always trade something like Hampton a pick and another player for like another star right like I think that's how the Nuggets think right because they draft these players that kind of slide in the draft and they're like hey these guys kind of fell but why did they fall you know because remember Porter Jr. had the back injury at Missouri he fell all the way to 14 and the Nuggets swooped him up and this is kind of similar you know that they grabbed Hampton at 24 so I think the Nuggets really know what they're doing when they uh they set smart. up their draft boards. They're very smart yeah. um, draft-wise. But, and this is what I wanted to go in this episode. For me, the best team drafting this year was the Golden State Warriors. And it's not because of James Wiseman. Because of Nico, Nico Mannion. Man, <laughs> hell yes. Dude, I forgot he was in this draft class. I was watching the draft and I see him getting picked in the second round. I'm like, wow. I forgot Nico Mannion was here. And listen, Nico Mannion, I don't know if you guys follow him in college. Dude, he's a beast. Like, he can ball. He's really good. He, like, And he is in the perfect spot. Because I know some of the concerns is that he being a player ready to play in the NBA and all that. And I agree. Dude is going to learn with Steph Curry. And he, he's a shooter too. So, listen up. If you, you have Steph Curry and I mean, Clay is not going to play uh, this year. But when, once you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and then you have Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion coming off the bench... That can be scary. 
that can be those those are two guards that are learning from two of the best guards in the league right now. And I think that's that's the seal of the draft for me, man. Not for the first year, obviously, because he's not going to have that much playing time, I believe. But at the long term, this guy's going to be he's going to be a baller. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure about that. Yeah, I agree. I definitely followed him in high school and all that too. So yeah, I'm, I'm on that. Uh, I'm on board with that too. Uh, that's that's a great way to wrap up the draft. Honestly, I didn't know he was in the second round available. I got mine for you guys. I got the best pick in the draft for the best value. Lay it on you guys. Um, Sacramento Kings did a hell of a job at number twelve. Tyrese Halliburton slipped. Far mm-hmm. too far. Iowa State, um, he's a guard. He can play on the ball, off the ball. Can play for himself and for others. Can get to the basket. Has some mid-range. Can shoot from the outside You know, pretty well. Probably has to develop that in the league. Um, can really defend. Uh, seems like a high-character guy from all accounts, you know, in the draft process and in interviews. But, um, like, his game is just really developed you know, beyond most stages for, you know, where most rookies are when they come into the league. And it was pretty mind-blowing to me that he slipped all the way to number 12 to the Kings. Um, I think looking back on this draft four years from now, he's going to be one of those guys where it's like, how the hell did he possibly slip that far? Um, So, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton, remember that name. Hell, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that's every for me. That's everything on the draft. A lot. Of, I mean, I could be talking about Killian Hayes too, but uh, I mean, he was picked where he should have been picked. So I got really got yeah, nothing else. I think to he say. went a little bit early. Uh, I think I think he went in the right spot. I think the one that slipped though was Athia for the Wizards. So they took a while to pick him. He was uh, let me see. Yeah, he was projected uh, top five, was he not? Yeah, he was the ninth pick by the Wizards. And listen, the Wizards right now, they, 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 now, now that we're going to talk about free agency and all that, they're trying to make that trade for Westbrook with Wall. And I hope they don't put Athea on that pack, obviously, because I think he's going to be, you know, he can develop to be a great player. He, he did great in Israel. Uh, but just look at that. If if Westbrook actually comes playing alongside Bradley Beal, and then you got like pieces like the uh, Rhea Chimura. And they got Avdia now. That's that's not a bad team. And I like their center, um, Bryant. Uh, what's his first name? Thomas. Yeah, Thomas Bryant. Uh, he he was projected to be better than he actually is, but uh, he's still he's still a solid center. I don't know, man. I see the Wizards, you know, making some good things here and there, a little bit like the Suns, you know, starting to get back on track. I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs. Not even close to that. Unless like Westbrook is is in, maybe then they can make the playoffs with him and Bill. But I like this Wizards team. I like I like what I'm seeing, the way they're building. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, it'll be interesting, for sure. I think the, I think the Pistons had a great draft. Um, I said Killian Hayes went a little too high, but I do like Killian Hayes. Um, Sadiq Bay from Villanova, uh, went like 18th or 19th. Great player, great shooter, uh, in the bucket. For himself anywhere really on the floor shot like 40 something percent from three in college uh detroit has a new gm this season he did a great job um made a few trades on draft night um i think they really set themselves up pretty nicely um but should we talk about some free agency stuff yeah, yeah let's, let's move into free agency 
where you want to hit first? Uh, should we just talk about what the Milwaukee Bucks did first around oh, True Holiday? Bo- and Bogdanovich, like, uh, going to free agency. Yeah, interesting restricted free agency situation with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Man, rejecting to play. Like, why did he refuse to play for the Bucks, the contender team? Like, he gives you, he gives you food for thought, right? The Bucks. Like, yeah, no, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, it's it's still the best, the best team on the East. I I should burn my tongue for saying this as a Miami Heat fan, but you know, they are on paper the best team on the East. So why would you refuse to play for them? He, he came from the Kings. Like, I mean, don't you want to win? Some, you know, I don't know. Me personally, I would accept going to the Bucks and see where that takes me. Because now, do you think he's gonna get a big? contract out of free agency like what are his motivations to not go to milwaukee what do you guys think um well he's a he's a free agent this year right yeah dude i mean he's got teams to explore then i guess uh, i mean i understand like the the bucks could be like a nice little setup but i, I feel like a player value like he probably could find out about bogdanovich right yeah, yeah. It's the perfect setup. Um, I mean, there's, they... there's a, I mean, he's a restricted free agent, so there's a possibility he wanted to go into unrestricted free agency and test the waters, you know, completely clean and clear, you know, to go wherever he please. But shouldn't you wait one more year and then prove more? Because, like, if you play for a contender and you have the role that Dante DiVincenzo had last year because Dante was traded, you know, it's supposed Bogdanovich was supposed to fill that hole, and you have one more year – um, to prove that you're worth more money and you're playing for a contender. So either ways, you know, you're going to look good if the Bucks do good. I feel like you could get a lot more money next year than this year because I, I don't see people giving him that much value for what it did in Sacramento, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think he's a really interesting player, though. Um, he's not a great defender, that's for sure. But with the ball in his hands, he can do a lot. Like, he can get to the basket. He has a really nice jump shot. Um, I'm going to give him the ball, though. Say it again? Who, what team is going to say, oh, I'm, I'm picking Bogdanovich because I want him to be you know, my main option with the ball? No one. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, like, I'm talking about, like, that guy as a six-man off the bench, like, that type of player. I'm talking, like, that. that's crazy. That's, like, killer stuff right there. Exactly. That's how and I the, view that play. And the Bucks need that. I, what I'm saying is that if this guy wants to make more money, take the or last year on the contract, play for a contender, look good on paper, because that's what's going to happen. Like, you're going to look good. If the Bucks go to finish as the first seed in the East, you're going to be looking good. Dante DiVincenzo was looking good. And he's not that great of a player, to be honest. So you are looking good. Next year of free agency, you get more money. You'll get teams going for you to be their sixth man, wherever the fuck you want him to play. But this year, refusing to play for a contender like the Bucks, what do you expect? What where do you want to go? Does he want to play for another team that's fighting for a playoff spot? Because I I just I don't get it. I, I would I would I would think this would make sense if he got traded to a team like the Knicks or I don't know, you know, a team that's not contending right now. That would make sense. Yes, but to the Bucks, I don't think it makes sense. I think yeah, he's I a think solid shooting guard, man. Like, it's, it's uh, nothing bad to be. To, I'm to just saying, uh, the Bucks need a shooting guard, and you could have been filling a big role in Dante DiVincenzo's absence, because that's why they traded Dante, was because Bogdanovich was supposed to be on their roster. 
now the Bucks have to look for another shooting guard. And who knows, you know? Well, so be it. I'm more interested in, what, in what's up with the... So what was the the deal with uh, Drew Holiday? What did they deal away? And So Drew Holiday goes to Milwaukee for three first-round picks, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. Um, mm-hmm. This, I don't even... I don't know what Milwaukee's doing. What is the yeah. brain trust in Milwaukee doing? It makes no sense. Um, yeah, too much. Okay. First of all, okay, yeah, 100%, too much. That's A. B is Giannis Antetokounmpo hasn't even signed that max contract yet. <laughs> so, all right, let me say that. And then the second part of it is, does Milwaukee's ownership group, do they have? Do they already have, like, a deal in place with Giannis where he's, like, in principle agreed with them? He's, like, saying, oh, if you go out and get Drew, like – I give you my word, I will sign a max deal because unless he's given him, unless he's given them his word that he's going to sign a max deal, why would they mortgage their future with three first round draft picks, a first round draft pick all the way in 2027, 2027. We're talking seven years from now. And it's not like I, <laughs> I love that. I will say this now, but I was talking shit about Eric Bledsoe the other day. And I still think that he shits the bed in the playoffs for them goddamn near every year. But it's not like Eric Bledsoe's worthless. Like, he's still, you know, during the regular season, he's still a player that can, you know, provide you value. He can get to the cup. He can play solid defense. And George Hill, actually, you know, if you look at metrics, he played pretty well. You know, he had a pretty solid year last year. He is good. Exactly. And what the hell? You think about it like this, too. Drew Holiday, he has a – you look at his career – He's fairly injury prone. He's been on, you know, the he's been on the injured list for a number of different times throughout his career. I know he had that unfortunate experience when his wife, I can't remember if it was tumors in her brain or if it was brain cancer and he stepped away from the game for a while. So nobody can fault him for that. But <laughs> there's that. Sorry. Um and then there's the fact that you look at his stats, um Drew is one of the 100% one of the best defensive guards in the NBA. Like, he deserves his props for that. But offensively, like, he's, a you know, a better-than-average player. But, like, is he that player that instantly comes to Milwaukee and gets them over the hump, and they're, like, you know, now you can pencil yeah. them in for a finals appearance? I don't well, know if I'd say that. I- I'll say this, though. I don't I don't know if he's, he's you know, the, the savior point guard. But offensively, like, I, this is – this shocked me, but when I saw him play in person, he was way better than like I ever like kind of imagined. And I was bugging out the whole game because I'm like, this dude he is was. actually a solid basketball player. And like, I don't think like too many people like realize it until like you probably see him in person or you like legit watch his game. So like when I seen the Pelicans play, I I quickly like came to <laughs> realization like this man is is also like somewhat of an offensive threat. I'm not gonna say he's you know, all-star, like, oh, my God, it's Drew Holiday. Like, we got to, like, chill out or he's going to destroy us. But he's 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 solid. I, oh I think yeah, it's going mean, to be a good point. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I looked at his numbers earlier today. I can, kind of, like, recite them from last year off the top of my head. I think he averaged, like, 19.5 points a game, like, six assists, like, four and a half rebounds. He shot, like, 35% from the three-point line. And I think, like – for the most part, like he's really physical too. Like he can, you know, he can kind of 
push other guards like, around and like yeah. get into the paint as he pleases. But I just look at the value they gave up and all those picks, and it just doesn't translate to me. Like it just no. the math just doesn't make sense. No, 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 not at all. And he, he's declining too, man. Whatever you say. I know we saw him play live, and he's great. That's true. Kyle was talking about it for a fucking week, but. You know, I'm saying it's like he uh, <laughs> he's declining, man. But hey, great deal for the Pelicans. That's great. Hell yeah. The Pelicans, dude, the Pelicans are stacking up these picks, dude. Oh my god. Damn, New Orleans is gonna OKC. be legit. Yeah. And OKC and OKC too. But listen, they Pelicans have been looking scary, man. I, I'm I just feel bad for George Hill or Eric Bledsoe because one of them is not gonna have playing time this year. Uh, or it's just going to be released because, you know, he got Lonzo, and there's, he's still going to be their main option. I mean, for the Pelicans to accept well, the trade for Drew, he's literally saying Lonzo. Not, you know? no, well, not to mention that the Pelicans drafted that really exceptional point guard from Alabama in the first round, who, from all accounts, sounds like he's really good. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Kyra, I don't Kyra something. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't see Eric Bledsoe or uh, George Hill having much yeah. playing time. One of them, one of them is going to get traded or released, one hundred percent. So, speaking of the OKC, you talked about OKC right now. How about the Lakers and trading for, um, Schroeder? Yeah, for Dennis Schroeder. I mean, we've been talking love really it. good about him. I love that trade too. But do you think he's going to come off the bench? Because I think that's his best spot right now, right? Like no, that's what he does best. Why would you he think he's starting? starting? Yeah, who would who would I mean, start? Who's I mean the question. The, I mean the I so I agree with you, Tago. I I my favorite role for for Schroeder is always off the bench. I think that's where he's most comfortable and where he's always excelled the best. But the question I think uh, Kyle wisely poses is, who the hell is there to start? Who else? Who, who do the Lakers even have to start? LeBron started at Caruso going to start at point guard. Uh, LeBron James is starting at point guard. He did that, and uh, also there's that thing like I they guess just it's released, an option. They just released Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook was just released by the Lakers. That's sad news. Uh, but I think I think LeBron might start, and then then Schroeder coming off the bench. I personally would put him on the on the starting lineup just because Schroeder has showed like since his Atlanta times uh, that he can he can be a starting point guard. That dude has quality. Okay, like he could start at shooting guard or point guard. Um, but I don't know, man. Maybe they want to get fancy and start Rondo, Schroeder, LeBron, well, Rondo's out. and Rondo's gone, doggy. He's oh, he Rondo out. Yeah. Rondo, Rondo made himself some money in the playoffs last year. Lakers, Lakers. Uh, he they, upped his uh, value again. I had no they're idea. They're stretched too thin, cap wise. They don't have enough money to pay him. So. Um, Wait, it's only Caruso. The, the one, the one dark horse answer I have for you is I can't remember his name fully, and this is like probably not going to be true. But I think this kid could surprise some people because he did get some minutes in some kind of meaningless games, and he played I thought pretty decently. Um, what's the kid's name? Talon Horton Tucker. What the hell? Who's that? On the Lakers, right? No, who the hell? Yeah, is that? He's, he's a guard, I... and he. He played pretty solidly, and I think he will be – I think the Lakers will retain him, and I'm not going to say, you know, he'll start or anything, but I think you will be surprised. The Lakers are going to have to get creative with the cap, and that 
that guy will be a guy that will play some minutes. And um, if the Lakers don't want to start Schroeder, hey, who knows? I, I Tiago, I don't think the Lakers are going to start LeBron James at the point guard position. <laughs> LeBron naturally will play the point, but I don't think he's going to start at the point. I believe in everything right now, man. I don't even know what's going on. I didn't even know Rondo was out. Damn, I'm shook. Is Rondo signing? Like, he didn't sign for anyone yet, did he? No, the rumor is he's going to go to the Clippers. That's been like kind of... <laughs> yeah, that'd be tight. That's, that's such a Rondo move. If you think about it, dude doesn't give a shit where he plays. He just wants to play. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. if you go to the Clippers, that, that's a Rondo move right there. That's a 100% Rondo move right there. I don't see any other play doing that. Yeah. I want to see that happen. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's finish up with the uh, Chris Paul movement to Phoenix. Definitely. Phoenix um, is in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I go that far. I think it's a possibility, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't guarantee it. You don't, wait, like, wait, the, wait, you don't wait. like the three of him, uh, Booker. Did you, no, wait, wait, wait. Did I, you all forget what Devin Booker did in the bubble? Like, couple of months ago or dude it's sample size bruh that way do you forget stacked to western conferences my friend <laughs> oh, do you know who the eight seed was the portland trailblazers were the eight seed i just know that cp3 <laughs> proved himself as bringing the the thunder to where they did so right. i wouldn't necessarily say that the suns are gonna drop too low so but, you're telling me the Suns are not better than the Thunder right now? I don't know. What? No, I, no, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just that saying not gonna, I, they're not going to drop out too low. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying there's a there's probably a, a pretty good chance that the Suns make the playoffs. But on the other side of that coin, if they didn't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. Would you be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs? I would. I would. I would definitely be right. shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. It's about time, okay? Aiton... Had his time to, you know, adapt to the league. Booker is an established superstar. Chris Paul did what he did last year with the Thunder. So he only has, he has less workload in Phoenix right now. And goddamn, they had one of the best runs in the bubble. So that, that shit was historic, okay? Not making the playoffs, that was crazy. So yes, yeah, but that bubble, that bubble situation was such a unique situation, though. I don't know if you can really translate that logic and apply it to you know a now 82 game season i mean they they beat really good teams in the bubble what do you mean are you saying that winning a championship in the bubble doesn't count no i'm just saying it's just different it's just a weird situation i'm i'm not taking anything away from them i'm just saying it's different i mean of course they have chris ball now and that's great he's a great player and i think if booker steps up his game and he takes the next step and he continues to play like he did in the bubble, and Aiden takes the next step, yeah, Chris Paul with them, yeah, they're probably in the playoffs for sure. I'm just saying, how stacked the West is, I still wouldn't be surprised. You just I'll look at this. even at 6, 7, and 8, how deep the West was, eh, it's still I'll, a toss-up. I'll tell you this, if the Suns don't make the playoffs this year, Booker is out. He's out. He's going oh, I believe away. that. I believe that. Far, far away. Yeah, that, this is this is playoff yeah. or bust for Phoenix. If they don't win, if they don't make the playoffs this year, the Suns are going to be bad again <laughs> because they just wasted a lot on Chris Paul, and then DeAndre Ayton is not going to carry the team alone, and Booker is going away. You know, it's going to be a mess. I, hope I don't know, man. For me, it's this weird like swap in my head. So, like, the Thunder were like five um, in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? 
Yeah, so they're five, and I was with CB3. He goes to the Suns now. I don't know if they're going to be five, but I just feel like the Thunder are going to move completely out the playoffs, and that gives room for... Oh, for sure. Exactly. Be, be I don't exactly. know. It just feels almost you, like a direct wait, swap. Okay. Like, you know? Yeah, so the other team you got to consider is Memphis, but I do think that the Suns are definitely better than Memphis. But yeah. I, at the, the same time, like I wouldn't count Memphis out entirely. What about the Rockets? The Rockets are trading away everything. Do you expect them to make the yeah. playoffs next year? No. Exactly. Exactly. So there's. there's I mean, but at the same movement. time, but at the same time, though, like if hypothetically, if it seems unlikely that this situation occurs, but what if, what if Harden and Westbrook remain on that team? It's not going to happen. It's a hundred percent not going to happen. Because the Rockets are already try- trading, you know, the pieces that make that team come together, especially Rocco. Ro- Robert Covington is away. He's gone. And he's he, gone to Portland. In my, in, my, in my opinion, he was one of the main pieces of that Rockets roster because he plays defense. <laughs> That's it. Yep. And he shoots the ball very well. So once I saw that trade, I was like, yeah, the Rockets are going full rebuild right now. A hundred percent. That's it. There is no way James Harden and Westbrook are going to play with such a, a dysfunctional team. You know, Austin Rivers already opted out too. He's a free agent, right? He's a free agent right now. Uh, that that house is burning, and they don't want to be there. <laughs> that house is literally burning right now, and I don't see Jago's none fucking of them burning shit down. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's true though. The Rockets are rebuilding. They're not going to be the no, best. Tiago, I agree with you entirely. I think you hit the nail on the head. The Rockets, whether they know it or not, are rebuilding. And I'll give you one more reason why. Um, All accounts paint a picture that the Rockets owner um, financially is fucked. Apparently, um, he's he's like uh, all of his businesses are related to like restaurants. Uh, I might be wrong in saying this, possibly casinos and COVID-19 has just shit on his financials entirely. And um, oh. apparently um, things are really bad for him right now. And um, getting some of those contracts off the books and getting players like Harden and Westbrook out of town is not necessarily the worst thing for him right now. So they're definitely the, – a rebuild isn't the worst thing for Houston Fire right now. Houston. And think about this. Yeah. Harden just refused the biggest contract in the NBA. That was fifty million. <laughs> oh my God! Like that's that's bad. You know, if your star player refuses a contract like that, then you know it's time to start over again. And I think I think it's the right thing to do. This this whole Arden experiment with Chris Paul, with Chris Capella, with uh, Westbrook, and with Dwight Howard before it just it didn't work. Okay, you just forget about it. <laughs> I don't think James Harden okay, can carry a team on the playoffs. Alone. I have, I have one last thing to say uh, on this episode tonight. Um, I, if I'm the GM of any team in the NBA, and I have to pay James Harden more than forty million dollars to dribble basketball on my team. <laughs> I'm not signing up for that shit. I'm not signing up for that shit. Any day of the week ends in a Y. Fuck that, dude. That guy is a... Seems like he's just a cancer in the locker room. He can't play with anyone. He couldn't seem to play with Chris Paul. He couldn't seem to play with 
uh, Russell Westbrook. Him and West. I don't know if Russell Westbrook just wanted the ball in his hands, and exactly. that's why he wanted to get out of Houston. <laughs> James Harden didn't want to play in OKC anymore after the after the Thunder lost to the Miami Heat in the finals. He couldn't agree on a contract extension, and it's like now James Harden thinks he's gonna go to Brooklyn. I don't, James. I don't. Oh my. I don't know okay. what that guy's thinking. Oh it's like he, he cooks up and he does all this amazing stuff and all these meaningless regular season games. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, good for you, James. Nobody really cares, man. Like you're going to grow down as, you know, one of the greatest, you know, 10 offensive scorers in NBA history. You'll never win a ring, but, um, you know, uh, you'll go into the Hall of Fame. But, yeah. No, all right, anyways, no way. That There's concludes my rant on James Harden. <laughs> There's a way he wins a ring, and and, and and we can we can finish this episode by this. And the only way I think he can win a ring is that if he goes to a contender team, obviously like the Nets, but he plays a different role. Because hold up, if he goes to the Nets and he's the same James Harden as last year with Kyrie and Kevin Durant on the same team, that's gonna be a shit show. <laughs> that's gonna be bad, dude. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Kyrie oh, Irving, Kyrie Irving, and and James Harden. One oh. of them, one of them, oh. one of them might not make it out of Brooklyn alive. In oh yeah, oh yeah, it's gonna be some fights in that locker room. One of them, one of them is gonna go full Gilbert Arenas mode, and that's all I'm gonna say here. That's all I'm gonna say here. We just need to. <laughs> I think it'll work. No, 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 no. We just need to get Dray. We just need to get Draymond out there to Brooklyn too. Oh, we just yes. get the whole gang out there. Oh, <laughs> yo, bring Draymond. Get Gilbert Arenas off retirement to play as a fucking assistant coach or some shit like that. Get Gilbert Arenas out there, and I don't know who else. Oh, and Marcus Smart. Yes, bring all those together. <laughs> let them cook. Let them cook, cook whatever. <laughs> let them cook whatever they have to cook there. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, are we good on this one? Are we? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a good way to wrap it up. All right, good stuff. That concludes our uh, NBA draft recap and some NBA free agency talk. We'll be back next week. Ooh.